this is a uh, rhetorical preacher question. Uh, sometimes I do ask questions that, for feedback, but this is not one of them. Uh, just kind of think about this to, to prime your pump. Uh, how, how does one, how, how, how do parents raise confident kids? Confident kids. I didn't say competent. That's a separate, that's a separate issue, okay? Confident kids. How does one raise confident kids? We are going into a brand new year-long focus um, asking a simple question. Who is God? Our kickoff, uh, this is kickoff Sunday to our brand new teaching calendar, and we are trying to answer the question, who is God? And our first series is this, Good, Good Father. And this series isn't about fathering, although if you take the principles from this series and apply them to parenting, um, um, you'll do well. All because the same qualities that lead to a good father or a good mother, a good parent, are the same qualities that God shows us as father. We're taking this series to take a look at uh, the first part of the book of Joshua where Israel goes into the land, of uh, the, the promised land, and takes over the promised land. Now, there are some humongous theological questions, uh, one of which we'll, we'll hopefully discuss today. Um, but in this, he is showing his people how he is good, good father. Now, the people of Israel are in a time of insecurity. Moses, their leader that, that, that led them out of Egypt, you know, the, 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 the guy with the long beard, you know, let my people go, you know, the Red Sea, Moses. Yeah, Charlton Heston, yeah, exactly, that's where, yeah, it, you knew where I was headed, you knew where I was headed. Some of you under my age are like, who the, Google that one. That Moses, lead them through the desert for 40 years, Moses has died on the edge of going into the promised land. That's a transition. But there's also a good transition. They are on the edge of the promised land. They are leaving their desert life behind and they're looking forward to going into the promised land. And that is a transition. A transition that they failed 40 years before. It is in times of transition that we experience our largest insecurities. It is times of transition that we experience our largest, our biggest insecurities. It could be a good transition. Changing jobs, like in a good way, like promotion, more money. It's still insecure because what do you, you show up on that first day. You show up on that first day and you go, I didn't lie in my interview, but they gave me this job and I don't know if I can handle it, right? Like, I don't know if I can actually do this or not. But, and, 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 and so... We face insecurities, even on good stuff. When we transition into good stuff, having a new baby, good thing. But doesn't that bring insecurities? You're holding that dear little child that has their complete dependency upon you? You should be insecure at that moment. (laughs) You should be very insecure at that moment. Or the transition could be negative. A bad diagnosis for yourself or family member or a friend. A a change in jobs as in like no job. Transition 
because of a death of a family member. Transition causes insecurity, and the Israelites were no different. Their leader for 40 years has died just before they go into the promised land. What is next? What is next? How does God lead His people through insecurity? Joshua 1. You follow along in a hardbound Bible. I believe how the number translates is the sixth book of the Bible. After the Pentateuch, which means five, and then that would make it the sixth, a continuation from Deuteronomy. You can follow along in the Bible event. Highly encourage you to, 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 to follow along in the, in the Bible event. It's even, even more vital now if you do not have a reading plan. We have put the reading plan into the event in the Bible app. So download the Bible app. Uh, from uh, Google Play or uh, the App Store. Go to events inside the Bible app. You have to save the event in the Bible app to be able to come back to it. We'll also put the Scriptures up on the screen so that you can follow easily along. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. He must have not had parents because he's the son of Nun. Finally, somebody is with me this morning. Finally, finally. Who had served Moses. He was Moses' intern for many of the 40 years that they were in the desert. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness uh, in Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. What, what God does to secure their insecurities, to lead them through their insecurities, is He makes promises. We're going to go through three promises real quick to get to the payoff promise here in, in, in just a moment. But the first promise He makes is that I will lead you. He says, your servant Moses is dead. Now you, Joshua, and all the people prepared to cross over the Jordan to the land. I am giving the Israelites. What God is saying is that, that, yes, Moses was my human leader. He was my under leader. He was my under shepherd, just like you are going to be my under shepherd for my people. But I am the one leading this nation. I will lead you. Doesn't a good, good father promise that to his children? I will lead you. Through thick and thin, I will lead you. I will lead you to, to, to know how to go through the desert times and how to live in the promised land. I will lead you. Second of all, I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. Wouldn't any father want to give this promise? I mean, for most of us, most of us, the promise is, Hey boy, look at my half acre or my quarter acre track in the suburbs. It's all yours. <laughs> God's like, look at all this land that you cannot even fathom or even see by the naked eye right now. It's all yours. Doesn't a good, good father want to promise good things to his children? And then lastly, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. What father doesn't want to promise strength to his child? Now, quite frankly, I know this is going to be hard to believe. This is, I mean, it's going to shock most of you, 
but how I look right now compared to middle school, I look like John Cena compared to what I did in middle school. So my poor father, when I was in middle school, there's no way he was going to be able to, to be able to promise this. He's like, bro, you're on your own, man. Like, I don't know how you can stand against anybody. But, but what father doesn't want to be able to promise to their kid you'll be able to stand against your enemies? As great as all those are, and they're another sermon, each one can be a, a sermon. Here's the payoff promise that I want to get to and I want to spend the most time on this morning. Last part of verse 5. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will not leave you or forsake you. The big kind of theological question that maybe even some of you wrestle with in reading this verse is saying, hold on a moment. He'll never leave or forsake me. But what about this going on in my life right now? What about this going on in my life right now? What about this when it felt like I believed, I didn't think God was with me. It looked like that He abandoned me. Leave or forsake, it actually paints the picture of I will not let your knees buckle and let you hit the ground. And I won't abandon you when you faint in the desert. I will hold you up and I will not walk away from you in the desert. A little bit more historical context. The reason why Israel... Uh, wandered around the desert for 40 years was because they weren't faithful to God. They got on the cusp of the promised land once before. And they faced this transition head on. And they sent 12 spies into the land, into the promised land to scout it out. All 12 spies came back saying the same exact thing. The grapes are the size of your head, man. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's a land unlike any other. Could you imagine the grape the size of your head? That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Unless you're like allergic to grapes or something, but that, you know. But ten of them did say something different. It's all great and everything. But the people, huge. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We, we can't take the land. We can't go into land. But Joshua and his buddy Caleb said, no, 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 no. The people are big. The people are big. The people are big. However, God said we can take the land, so we can take the land. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And the people of Israel freaked out on God uh, blamed him for, for leading them out in the desert only to kill them. God disciplined them for 40 years because of their sin. Now, God disciplined his children, but for 40 years, 
He walked with them through the desert. For 40 years, He was the, uh, a, a pillar of cloud in, in, in the day and the pillar of fire at night, providing for His children and not leaving them in the desert to faint and die. Because He's their good, good Father. When He said, I will not leave you or forsake you, that is a promise built on history. That is a promise built on history saying, I didn't leave you when you sinned against me, when I could have left you, when I had no obligation to stick with you. I stayed with you wandering around this desert for 40 years. I don't need to do that as God, as God. But I did it because you're my people. And I won't leave you. I won't let you faint. I won't abandon you. When I look back to our hardest times and I look back to the time that I was on my knees questioning if God heard my prayers, questioning if it was worth praying, then questioning if it was worth God, if it wasn't worth praying, I look back to times that He was strengthening me in the desert because He was the one holding me up when my knees were faint. When I've had a winter in this summer the past few months, I can look back and say, God gave me life in my winter even though it was summer. He gave me life in my winter and He was holding me up when my knees were faint. He will never leave you or forsake you. The desert time doesn't mean that God has deserted you. Desert time means that God is growing you. Because in the time of abundance, because in the time of abundance, that's not when He grows our faith. In the time of abundance, that is when we use our faith to not abandon God. Right? Because what happens in times of abundance with us as humans? Look how awesome I am. That, look all that I did. God's like, excuse me? A few months ago, you're in the desert. It is in the desert that He builds our faith so that in the promised land, we stay faithful to Him. Because we know what it was like to be in the desert. And again, they were there because of their sin and He did not abandon them. Don't let that message pass your heart by. It doesn't matter what is on your heart and what is on your conscience before God. He will not abandon you because of your sin because He never abandoned us because of our sin. We do not go to church because we think we are religiously superior to anybody else. We show up in the midst of the church, His people in order to worship the one who was forsaken in order for us to not be forsaken what did jesus cry out on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me jesus cried that out so we never have to 
Jesus cried that out at, at the time that the sin of the world, past, present, and future at that time, was put on His shoulders in order to die with Him on the cross. He was forsaken so that we do not have to be forsaken by God. Every single one of us were orphans. I don't care if you were born in the altar at church. We were orphans. I don't care if you were in church every stinking Sunday from cradle to the grave. We were orphans of God. That He adopts us into His family. Through faith. So what's our response to this? Actually, let's go back to the question I, I, I started with. How do you raise confident children? Security. Right? Isn't that what you receive when, when a parent says, I will never leave you or forsake you? Security? That our God gives us security no matter what? We have a world raging with insecurity. And that's why the world rages. Every rage is a rage of insecurity. I'm an insecure person, so I'm going to rage. When you are a child of God, you don't need to rage because you're secure. You don't need to worry because you're secure. You don't need to freak out because you're secure. It doesn't matter what other people say of you. You're secure. We have four boys. At times, every day, one will say to another something that is mean. Blah, blah, blah. I said blah, blah, blah about me. It doesn't matter what they say about you. You know it's not true. It's what it's like being a child of God. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. Because we can have confidence in His security. So now, what is our response to this? Joshua 1 Verse 6, be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land or inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Be strong and courageous. Now, this often is used as a, as a verse to like will up strength and courage inside of us. That's not what is going on here because of everything we've talked about before. The strength and courage is coming from our Father directly. Long, long time ago, but you could do this in probably any parking lot. I, I, I passed this, this little girl with her, I think it was mom, and man, she was just confident as could be. She was like, hi! Why? She had, she was holding the hand of her mother that gave her security and confidence that nobody's going to touch her. And she could stand against anybody, Right? Man, this was a little girl that looked, she looked like whatever her foot treaded on, she owned. She was strong and courageous. Not because she had that within herself, but because she was holding the hand of her parent 
who gave her that. And so strong and courageous here is actually what's interesting is that this is the same concept behind the scenes in the Hebrew concept of strong and courageous. This is the same concept when somebody, when, when, when the Bible reads, Pharaoh hardened his heart towards God, hardened his heart is the same thing as strong and courageous. So we can harden our heart wrongly and not let God or His Word in, or we can harden our heart correctly towards what God has placed before us. And, 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 and another phrase is, is like flint. We set our eyes on what God has placed before us and said, I'm going to be strong and courageous towards that. And for them, it was the promised land. Transition into the promised land. It doesn't matter how scary it is. Transition into the promised land. Walk into it and inherit the promised land that I want to give you. Now, this isn't wealth and, and, and prosperity here, but what this is meaning is that God has laid before you a mission. God has laid before you a, 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 a person of who you are. Walk in that. Life will come from that. Life will come from walking in who God has made you to be. Walk in that. And let Him show you how He's going to make you strong and courageous. But then, another thing to be strong and courageous in, above all else, yeah, 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 that first part's great, but above all else, be strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant commanded you. Moses commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. The idea of the concept behind prosper and succeed is to be wise. Look, and I want to very carefully uh, talk about this today in our culture because our American culture says if you are going to succeed, you only succeed by becoming the richest, the most winningest, the most whatever. God's like, no, 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 no. You succeed by being in my word and being wise because of my word. But it takes strength and courage to be in God's word. Are you man enough to get in God's word tomorrow morning? That's what this is saying. You're going to man up and get in God's Word? Are you going to shove it aside and say, that's not for me. I'd rather do the things of this world. I'd rather follow whatever whim comes my way. I'm going to pretend to be church on Sunday, but I'm not man enough to be in His Word on Monday. Look, it's not perfect. It's not every day. Look, they were right in the Scriptures at this point in time, right? Right? They were on scrolls. It wasn't easy. My phone, my phone. Look, I get to carry the entire Bible in my pocket. Well, my work doesn't let me carry a Bible. Carry your dadgum phone into work. Right? Right? I don't have time. Jared, you challenged us yesterday. Download a stinking time app. See how much time you have for Facebook. See how much time you have for playing games. See how much time you have for watching TV. See how much time you have for all this other stuff. 
that God says don't be strong and courageous on. Look, relax, have a good time with some TV. But what will grow us is we have to be strong and courageous in God's Word. It takes strength and courage to stand on God's Word. It takes strength and courage to believe God at His Word. Take our sexual ethic that God outlines in His Scripture. God says this is the way to life with, 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 with a sexual ethic. But our world says something completely different. But the thing is, it's not about going, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. It's about, no, 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 no. there's a greater life at stake here. There's more at stake than swiping right or swiping left. See, buried within the heart wants a one-night stand every night. You see this in articles. Buried within that is this. I'm not really sure if it's all cut out to what it is, really is, what it seems to be. What's that? That's a cry for life. It's a cry for something more. It's a cry for God's Word because God's Word brings life. We all fail in this. We all, we, all, we all drop the ball in this. And this is where grace comes in. Is that He's a good, good Father waiting for us, watching for His prodigal to come home. To give security. Because our good, good Father simply wants to give us security. See, he finishes off with this. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Three times, four verses, strong and courageous. What's the point? Strong and courageous, right? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I feel like the most, most uncourageous person on the face of the earth when it comes to this stuff. I feel afraid so often. And it's an indictment on me that I'm not having faith in my Father enough. That I'm secure in Him. I fear leading adults. You guys are scary, scary people. Youth was easy. I haven't been strong and courageous enough. Some of you might be like, well, that's scary. When we walk in fear, we do not have the life that God wants us to have. We're not walking in security of our good, good father. We're worrying about what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Are they going to leave? Or are they going to do this or do that? Or... Do not be afraid. I am your Father. Do you know this good, good Father that never leaves or forsakes? Are you finding life in this good, good Father that adopts us as orphans? To find Him is actually quite simple. Cry out to Him and say, I want this. I want this relationship. I don't know what it means, but I want this security. I want, I want this kind of life through the blood and through the forgiveness and through the cleansing of Jesus. And those of you that that's settled, 
I encourage you, I challenge you, be strong and courageous in your Father. Be that child that's willing to walk. Shoulders high, head high, in confidence. Because you are holding the hand of your Father who is in heaven. Are you living that type of life right now, today? We're going to pray and then we're going to worship this Father who has done this for us. Allow us to have this type of life to be secure in Him. To be strong and courageous because we are holding His hand. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this time. I thank You that You are our Father. I thank You that You've promised You'll never leave us or forsake us. <laughs> Sometimes You're holding our hands. Sometimes You are holding us up. <laughs> Sometimes You're given us so much abundance that we get the chance to go frolic and play in what You've given us. Help us, whatever stage we're in, to find You as good, good Father. And we might question in the desert, but we never give up. And let us never depend on ourselves in the good times. Because as good, good Father, You've given us good, good gifts. Help us to always come back into your arms. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead.